I'm alive, you guys. I didn't die. I'm so glad. I'm going to immediately start the show because I I know we're going to talk about your story and I want to hear it right away. Yeah. So uh, I, I I don't know how much it was mentioned to uh, to listeners last week, but um, I, I'm kind of lucky to be here. Like not to like make this overly dramatic, uh, like a YouTuber would, and and, and use <laughs> a uh, a thumbnail of me being hit by a car. Um, but if I did do that, that would have been accurate. That that oh, would have been God. accurate, Christina. I I'm so glad you're okay. <laughs> like, Me too. I can't be the only person this week that was thinking like, what if what if something had happened to Christina? Oh, like, I'm yeah. so glad you're okay. Me oh. too. Me too. So just to back up, I'll just explain what happened. So I live in front of um, a a pedestrian crosswalk. So it's a tw- it's a 24 seven pedestrian crosswalk. So there are flashing signs, uh, lights, and and there's even like a a, a sign that hangs that says crosswalk. And so it is always pedestrian right of way. So that's some sort of place where human beings are supposed to cross roads. Is that what you're implying? I see. Exactly. I'm I'm just saying that this is different than if you were to press the button, wait for the the sign to see the little, you know, white figure. And then, you know, it tells you to walk or not walk. Like this one is always walk. So it's, it's, you know, yield to the pedestrian. So I was crossing the street to uh, take the company bus, we call it the connector, um, to get to work. And it had already arrived. So I was, I was kind of hurrying across, but I still looked both ways. There was a car coming from my left, and it stopped. And there was a car coming from my right, and I tried to make eye contact with the driver. I thought that I did. I clearly didn't. I put my hand up even, and I continued along my way because, again, like I have right-of-way. I'm halfway across the street. This is a a four lane road. So it's, it's pretty wide. So I'm halfway across the street. I'm almost there. And the car just didn't stop. Uh, and, and, and oh. rammed right into me on my right side. That was oh, bad enough. Christina. And it was, and it was one of those things I saw it hit me. Like I saw the impact. I was like, Oh my God, you're gonna have to believe this one. I was like, Holy f- I just got hit by a car. That's the thing that's literally going through my head as I'm hit by this. But then what happened, which was really scary is I would guess I was thrown back. I was thrown back a number of feet. I don't know how many but my body, or at least part of it, wound up rolling Ugh. under the the connector, which was which was stopped. Oh. Now this is now fortunately it wasn't moving, and even if it had been, it was behind the axle and all that. But still, that was the part where, like in my mind, I was freaking out because I was I'm under the bus for a couple of seconds, maybe two seconds max. Like right, like mm-hmm. in retrospect, it was a really brief period of time. But at that moment, it felt intense. Um, and, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I have to get out from under here because that, that's the part that like freaked me out was like being under, mm-hmm. you know, a, a four ton or however many tons, you know, this, this humongous, you know, bus is. Yeah. Like that's the part that has me freaked out. So I'm like, I have to get out. So I got out. People helped me up. I start kind of screaming at the driver and I was clearly in shock a little bit. I sat down. On the pavement, they called the, the the cops and the paramedics, and and I called Grant, and and he came down. He was a wreck. Um, and and the amazing thing is, is that I broke my right wrist, and my 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 knee is, and, and I'm right handed, and and my knee, I'm gonna get need to get it checked out because it, it's been a week now, and it's it's not it's certain things I'll do with it don't feel great, and so I'm a little <sighs> concerned about that. And I have oh, a no. massive massive bruise on my thigh from where the the car hit me but other than that i'm fine like 
That is because when I heard that you had just broken your wrist, I sort of, which is still really bad, but I sort of assumed it was like had been clipped by a car scenario. Yeah. This is no. not. I'm like I'm shriveling into a ball as you're narrating this because oh, this is horrible. I'm so glad you're okay. Oh, me too. God. Me too. And I mean, oh. it was it was scary as as I'll get out. Um, and you know, it, it, at the time, you know, your adrenaline is pumping and. And you're even thinking, you're like, yeah, I think I could even go into work. And then I looked at my wrist and I'm like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> you're and, like, you I'll know, lift and, the bus off me. It's fine. Totally. You know, and, and it just, it was just one of those things. The driver, you know, at, the, at first he seemed kind of mad. And, but then I think he kind of realized the gravity of the situation and it was much nicer. And, and, you know, he said, you know, it's totally my fault, you know, whatever. He was very apologetic. I think he just wasn't paying attention and, and just, you know, Ugh. ran into me and it, it, it is what it is. Did he get a ticket at least? I, I don't mean, know. He should have, but I have your no idea. Bills? Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's going to happen. I mean, we, we haven't yeah. gotten into all that yet and I don't want to get into that on a podcast, but yeah, that's, sure. that's sure. definitely, sure. yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly, uh, I'm, I'm not, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I dented. He was driving a Lexus SUV. I, I, I dented his license plate holder. Oh uh, my gosh! <laughs> so you know that gave me some small satisfaction. No, it was bad. I mean, it was one of those things. Like I can joke about it now. You hit Christina Warren. Your license plate holder is gonna get messed up. Exactly. Just know it's gonna get jacked. exactly. No, but but I have to say though, you guys, everybody online has been so sweet, and you guys, you oh. sent me the most amazing gifts. <laughs> the cars and the this little racers. Our friendship. No, I was it was so this perfect. Is hurt our friendship. No, it okay. was so perfect. I loved oh. them so much. The cars. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, Bree, do you want to explain what you did? Okay. Okay. So I was like, you know, what does Rocket get Christina? What is the right thing to get hit by a car? And it's like, you know, we could certainly send you flowers or Grant suggested candy. I was like, even thinking like, what, sh- maybe we could get her some, some shows to like binge out on. <laughs> and then it's like, Christina has 10 channels. She has everything that exists already. So I'm looking at toys and I found a, uh, uh, I found, uh, some Lego friend dolls. So and cute. one of them I think is a reasonable Christina likeness. I don't think you'd wear that top. Um, no, but it was so, very cute. It was very cute. So we got that. And then I got a Hot Wheels rebound race car set. <laughs> When you crash cars into a wall and then they bounce off and they go into target places. So my idea was you could put Christina yeah. Warren in one of the target zones and then you and Grant crash could off of it. I love it. Crash off of it. And I just thought you would appreciate dark humor. I, I did. So. No, no, it was absolutely perfect. No, it was absolutely perfect. It was so good. I loved it. We had it. We got a real uh, kick out of it. And I mean, that's the thing uh, is, is I had a work retreat last week. The timing of this couldn't have been worse because I had a lot uh, of work things I had to do. And obviously I still wanted to be part of that and, and, and take part in all of that. And, and there was a women's uh, retreat that I was really excited about that night. And so I didn't, I went to that that night, you guys, like I was like all beaten up in the hospital, all, you know, gunked up on my, on my, on my pills. And I was like, I'm going to this. And I showed up in this treehouse because they got this, this great place on campus what? for us all to meet. And the girls there, like they, I walk in and like, 
they were not expecting to see me. And, and, and I think they were all like, many of them were more horrified than I was with the whole situation. I, I felt kind of bad. I was like, oh, I've made this traumatic, but somebody well, you were there, high. <laughs> yeah, a little were you bit. High? Yeah. But, were you but, high? But, yeah. but also, I just wanted to see them. But everybody, like, somebody had made a really, somebody also had a dark sense of humor and she was joking. It was very funny. She was like, oh, you know, we're so glad you didn't die. But like, what if you had, like, we'd all be thinking back next CDA summit, like, remember at the time Christina died? Um, you know like you know it's like it's like you can say these things when you're okay you know but but but, right yeah uh, i mean you can you can you can be dark about it when you're okay so it could have been you got i mean even though you did get hit by a car you at least got to enjoy the reason that you weren't on rocket that week in the first place exactly we had a replacement for you because you were gonna have a wonderful work retreat we did not expect you to double up on that and also take sick leave by getting hit by a car, <laughs> oh. but you did because oh, you're a multitasker. No. You're an incredible person, and I'm really glad that you're okay. <laughs> likewise, likewise. Oh. Um, so enough of that. But anyway, yeah. Don't I don't Wait, get, don't can get, I ask get, two questions course, before we ask move it, on? Ask what as is, many as you what want. is your prognosis? How long is it going to take for your bone to heal? And how's your pain level? My pain level is a lot better um, than it was. Okay. Um, the, yeah. the the time to recovery that's the kind of the only there's good there's good news and bad news. So they put me in a splint and that goes up to my elbow and makes showering very difficult and um, kind of getting around in general kind of a pain. I thought that I was going to get rid of the splint on Monday, um, but the the doctor said that the bone surgeon said that she wants my bone to be sticky, which is apparently a real thing. And that as long as that happens, it's healing correctly um, because it, it, it was not misaligned that badly or not at all, actually. I'm not going to need surgery. So in lieu of the surgery, I will have it in a splint for another week and then I will be in okay. a cast. Um, and I don't know. She said six weeks, but I don't know if six weeks counts from last week or if it counts from after I get the cast on. So I'm not really sure. So minimum of another you know, five weeks in, in, oh. you know, uh, protracted stuff. Um, it, it could be longer, but, um, yeah, I mean, and that sucks. I'm getting very, uh, equipped with doing one handed typing. Um, and, wow. uh, and left-handed typing. Well, too. That's, exactly. Um, I'm actually trying to kind of make lemons out of lemonade and trying to do some temporary accessibility types of studies for some of the products that we use. Um, and, and, you know, kind of writing up my summaries and getting with the product teams to kind of offer that sort of stuff. Um, and maybe even thinking about, you know, writing some sort of talk to give about designing for te- with temporary accessibility mm. in mind. So, That's a great idea. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 it's something I'd never really considered. And I think that I mean, even though they do keep te- take that into account with accessibility studies, so much of the focus is on permanent disabilities. People don't think yeah. about as much about like I, per- I know I didn't like about when you have, you know, temporary loss. Um, of, of of use of of um you know a hand or or maybe both or whatever and and how to deal with that sort of stuff because if you're not um you know used to using a screen reader or those sorts of assistive technologies then a lot of the built-in accessibility stuff isn't always um, as useful oh yeah so I remember when I had my voice surgery and I couldn't like speak for six weeks I thought <laughs> I was gonna die that was horrible God do you remember how bad yeah. I sounded that was yeah. but oh, the other there. thing. Yeah, that was terrible. And like broken arms thing- aside, people get carpal tunnel and tennis elbow all the time and exactly. can't use oh, that's yeah. way more common. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but what I was going to say is when I had my knee surgery, that was before we did rocket, I couldn't walk on my leg for six weeks. And yeah, I came from being a runner. Like mm-hmm. I have really strong, powerful legs. I was shocked 
by how quickly those muscles atrophied into nothing yeah. to the point where it couldn't even support my weight. So you're already so thin, Christine, <laughs> and you're going to get through this and your arm is going to look like a noodle. I mean, it's going to be really pool scary, noodle. Yeah. You know, very thin. Yeah, so, no, I know. Oh well, what goodness. I'm looking forward to is that my left arm is going to be super buff. And my right yeah, arm, like you said, right. like you, yeah, glass right. half full. Yeah. That left arm, Christina Warren <laughs> could pick me up with that left arm. Hello, exactly. Welcome to Rocket Accelerated oh. Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and PDF Pen. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I am joined today by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and Christina Warren. Uh, woman of steel, bus lifter extraordinaire, uh, <laughs> could bench press Lexus me destroyer. with her left Lexus arm. Lexus destroyer. <laughs> yeah, Lexus destroyer. Oh my God. So many potential new AIM usernames, Christina. I know. I know. <laughs> Get back on AIM. <sighs> oh gosh. Well, like we said, we're really glad that you're okay. And, um, let's talk about some, some YouTube drama. I, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this for, for forever. I know. Talk about YouTube drama with you guys. I'm so, so happy. This topic has been delayed a lot of times because of Christina's absence. We didn't want to do it without her. And in the time that we delayed it, fortunately, some like concrete changes were made to YouTube's policies, which gives us, I think, more meat to talk about than simply YouTuber Logan Paul is a jerk face. Uh, so yes. to kind of sum up what's been happening, uh, on January 1st, a very popular YouTuber, Logan Paul, uploaded a video uh, from Japan's suicide forest where he went, quote unquote, looking for ghost stories when everyone knows that that forest is I mean, it's famous because many people go there to commit suicide up to this day. It has a huge legacy, a history of being there was a movie called the forest there was a movie called <laughs> yeah the and it was also really was insensitive and racist this. so yeah. he went there uh, he, he filmed there have been other youtubers who have gone to this place before i mean they haven't done what he did yeah but, but like people have made videos about this place anyway sorry exactly yeah, it, sorry it's, yeah it's well known <sighs> and it even if one was not aware of its legacy uh one could google it uh, through Google, a service <laughs> that owns YouTube. Uh, <laughs> so he went there, he uploaded a video of a, an actual dead body of a man who had committed suicide there, uh, sparked a large backlash. Uh, he took down the video and there was a huge outcry for YouTube to take some sanctions against him because he is one of the biggest creators on YouTube right now. And his channel, his his fans are predominantly tweens, um and they're children and children. They're children yeah tweens and children yeah. uh so youtube uh he did eventually put his youtube red project uh which was a sequel to his previous youtube red film the thinning on hold and he himself uh stepped back from youtube to take a break but what this has sparked off is a conversation about how YouTube gives preferential treatment to certain creators who make them a lot of money, like PewDiePie, like Logan Paul, who do questionable things and don't like, necessarily... Like Logan's brother Jake? Like Logan's brother Jake, although I don't think they've taken any backlash against Jake They have yet. not. They haven't taken any action against Jake yet. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, think, I think they gave him a strike for the video that he uploaded that made it look like he was having sex with a girl mm -hmm. um, when he wasn't. Um, but yeah. Questionable thumbnail choices. Different 
sort of a different ball game uh, from the racism and the dead bodies, uh, the disturbing imagery. Uh, So conversation about how people who make YouTube a lot of money kind of get away with things. Um, But YouTube in general has a huge moderation problem or a lack of moderation problem, um, as was shown in many of the investigations, I think, back in December about channels that upload creepy videos that are targeted towards children and that that nobody realized were creepy for a really long time. YouTube has now this week announced changes to their partner program regarding who can make money and the, the rules for how big a channel has to be to make money. And now there's a conversation about how these rules don't necessarily do anything to touch the Logan Pauls and the PewDiePies of the world. They do affect the ecosystem that they're in and The smaller creators who are in good faith trying to make a living vlogging on YouTube, as well as the smaller creators who are perhaps in bad faith trying to get in on the drama created by larger creators and grow their channels that way. Um, So YouTube is a really, really interesting place right now. It is definitely one of – it's a platform to watch especially for culture reporting because it is uh, it's a huge content machine and i think we're just now starting to understand like on a wide level how much it influences teens tweens children who view it as basically who use it as we used to use television yeah um and and i was you're absolutely right i mean because there there are kids and i I have uh you know people some people that i work with are are a little are a little bit older than me and so they have you know kids who are not babies because my 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 friends who have children they're kind of they're either babies or they're or they're older and and the older ones i mean they're all obsessed with youtube and in fact i mean i was kind of horrified recently that if you were to ask like kids what they want to be when they grow up right now the most common answer the most popular answer (sighs) is a is they want to be youtubers Mm -hmm. um and um which brief aside megan forkman did a great piece on this uh on the verge she actually went to a camp in la which was for like tween influencers to teach them how to grow their brands on social media. And I'm going to drop that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, if you look at like the, the audience who goes to VidCon uh, when it started versus now, it was always really young people. But now, I mean, it is largely children. Um, and, and, and I don't say that disparagingly, but it's, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the, that's, that's a lot of the core audience. And, and obviously I think that there's, there's potentially a lot of money there, which is why, um, you have uh, big brands wanting to be on YouTube because the, it is such a huge platform. But on the flip side, like you said, um, not only there, there are a few problems for creators. One, it's always been sort of a black box with Google between what will they feature and what will they not. And, and, and Google claims that it's, you know, algorithmically determined, but, but everyone pretty much agrees privately that the featured box is, is hand determined. And, and part of the problem with the Logan Paul situation was that it was a featured video. So it wasn't just that it was his video and that he has 15 million subscribers and that they're going to see it. It was that YouTube put that on their front page. It was and then trending. YouTube, yeah. It was trending and, and then YouTube didn't take it down. Um, oh. Logan Paul was the one who took it down. YouTube tried to kind of I come back. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. YouTube tried to come back and say, oh, well, we took appropriate action. No, what you did was when other people tried to re-upload the video after Logan took it down, you took those videos down and you maybe gave those channels strikes. Uh, but when Logan Paul uploaded it, it was fine. And in fact, most of his audience, you know, he had like 500,000 likes on the video, I think, before it was taken down. 
Um, you know, oh pe- pe- people liked it. Logan Paul took it down after the heat got too much. Um, and, and, and YouTube was very slow to react, actually. They took them days to really say anything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when they finally did, you know, there, there were kind of two rules of thought. The, the, the more, um, I'm going to say, right wing's the wrong term, but I guess maybe libertarian arc, arc of, of YouTube, who, the people who were yeah. very much defending PewDiePie when, when all of his stuff went down, were saying, well, don't take away his YouTube red you know, put you put put PewDiePie's YouTube right back up. Like that's gonna happen. And and YouTube, because they are fundamentally gonna listen to brands and advertisers, they're like, no, we're we're gonna cut him from our preferred advertising program. Keep in mind that most of Logan Paul's money comes from selling merch to children, not from and from brand sponsorship deals, mm-hmm. not from advertising on YouTube. So yeah. I don't know how much that hurts him. And 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 we're going to, you know, um uh, delay or, or or not air these YouTube red programs. And 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 we're going to I mean YouTube is the new like it's talk radio, right? Like yes, I yeah. was a, I was a child in the eighties and nineties when Rush Limbaugh was blowing up, by the way, free speech issue, right? Like I don't agree at that point of view, but yeah, you know, that got very big. Now yeah. that conversation has moved over to YouTube. I, I have to say though, like I signed up for YouTube red and I really mean this. YouTube is the best television channel that I have. Like you subscribe to things like you, Simone. Mm-hmm. I love your videos, but like even Doug DeMuro or there are people that do Nerf uh, like reviews like Koopa987 or whatever his name is. Like it's, it's, there's some of the best television content made in the entire world. It's out there on YouTube right now. And this, this really matters, but like you look at Logan Paul or Paul Logan or whatever his name is. I Logan keep Paul. Yeah, Jake Paul. Yeah, they, they got two first names. It's two first names. It keeps going back and forth. This is what I want to ask you guys. Cause I have not, I had never heard of this dude before this week. Like I'm on YouTube to like watch videos about cars and, and computers. But I, I started looking at his channel and there was a different video that went, uh, it went viral that I thought was so much unbelievably worse. And I showed it to my husband who is Asian and he oh, was just Oh yeah. When he was in Japan and, and yeah. Right. So yeah. this is on the same trip and he's going around and the joke is like, Oh, I'm here and I've got to be respectful. And he's like, wearing kimonos and like running through the marketplace and screaming and walking into markets and like getting a Game Boy Color and then without paying for it, just smashing it on the ground and like hurling like toys at random strangers on the street and bothering policemen in a way that is just, it was like a racist frat boy Mm -hmm. went loose in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. This is, is that the content of his channel? Yes. Yes. Because if, I mean, again, like it's a free speech issue, but I mean, that to me really crossed a line into racism where if I were a brand advertising on YouTube, I just wouldn't be associated with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, and and I I would say as, as somebody, so I first became familiar with the Pauls, I guess through through the younger. Well, I remember seeing Logan Paul's vines and being like, whatever, you know, college guy mm-hmm. doing some funny vine stuff, and then ignoring sure. him. And then after Vine died, all the Viners migrated to YouTube and kind of upset the ecosystem a bit. And so his younger brother Jake, I first became aware of him with the 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 classically hated Everyday Bro music video last May. And then um, th- his story went viral because the the local news 
showed up um, in in his neighborhood in, in Los Angeles. He was renting a house, and and kids were literally camped outside of the house all hours of the day. And the neighbors were complaining because they were jumping off the roof, setting stuff on fire, you know, just basically being ridiculous. And they were like, "You can't do this," and they complained. And so the the local news shows up, and they hide. They they run around the local news van, jump on top of the news van, you know, like yell at the camera guy, and again, basically wreak havoc. And 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 that stunt went completely viral. Um, probably only ended up helping Jake Paul, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He got dropped from his Disney show, but again, that doesn't really matter um, because you know he got way more subscribers and and way more kids. But like his audience is like little kids, or like 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 I'd probably say between eight and twelve, I would say. And his brother goes after the same audience. But you're right, yeah, no, that's bad. You're right. That's basically the content of the channel. Not always that racist. The humor is essentially like the, I guess what it feels like to act out as it like making loud noises, throwing things like a lot of smash cuts. Like it's very stimulating. It's basically like an extended fart joke. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the big part of their business is they're always, you know, selling their merch, their T-shirts, their sweatshirts, their hats, all that stuff. And, and the little kids apparently love it. There was a pop up, I think, in, in New York City and Taylor Lawrence, who covers this stuff for the Daily Beast, was there. And like the parents, like they were waiting like it was a rock concert. I mean, it's nuts. The, 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 they had big audiences. But it, it is to me, I mean, I think what was the only good thing about this is that parents who don't pay attention to what their kids are watching on YouTube are now maybe going to take a closer look and be like, what are you watching? You know, um, uh, you're, you're not watching this or, or we're not buying this merchandise. You know, if you want to watch this, I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to feed these two imbeciles. Um, like there was an instance, you know, they went to, uh, they went to Italy to pick up their Lamborghinis and, and, and jumped into the water uh, there, which they weren't supposed to do. And it was, again, kind of a disrespect thing and then got mad because Lamborghini wouldn't let them film or vlog inside the factory and mm. like, well, I'm spending, I'm spending all this money with you. How dare you not let me vlog? Da, 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 da. Do you know who I am? And I'm like, do you think Lamborghini cares who you are? Like, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but like, it's, it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it again, like it's weird. Cause as somebody who's kind of followed YouTube subcultures, um, as a, a quietly and, and like hiddenly, like I have never talked about this for a long time. Seeing the rise of these binders has been really interesting. But I think that the, the bad thing about this is, A, as you said, like YouTube, as we were talking about, like YouTube's response was not good. And then when they finally did do a response, it felt not great. And what bothers me now is that their real response to this is to use this at, the same way they did the PewDiePie thing as a way to basically get rid of some of the lesser channels that they wanted to from their ad program and to make higher restraints there. And so what they're saying is that in addition to significantly increasing their requirements to be part of their program, um, they are also uh, saying that if you are in that YouTube preferred uh, program, which is that top like 5%, so the people who make the real money, like the only people who actually make real money mm-hmm. off, off of YouTube ads. Um, again, most YouTubers at this point, even those with big followings, supplement their income you know, in other streams. Um, YouTube um, will manually be um, basically vetting all those videos before they're monetized, um, and 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 that that's interesting. It'll be one, be interesting to see how many of those you know uh, people they have and and um, like are in that program and how many man hours that will take. But that becomes an interesting kind of discussion. Um, but you know, but the thing you have a lot of small creators saying is in the past to be part of the YouTube Partner Program. And I know this because even though I haven't uploaded to YouTube in years, I had enough subscribers to be part of it. So maybe that's part of the problem. Huh. But you had yeah. to have 
you know, your channel had to be a certain period of time old and you had to have like, uh, I think it was like 10,000 lifetime views. Um, and uh, now it is, you have to have a thousand subscribers. You have to have 4,000 hours of views a year. Wow. Of um, watch time. And, yeah. Of watch time. Oh, now, now, watch time. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now that's yeah. actually significant because you could say that like the 10,000 life, 10,000 lifetime views, that's one thing. But you're, if, if a view you're counting is, you know, a minute or whatever, um, that's obviously going to be significantly less than 4,000 hours. Oh, so, yeah. Definitely. So th- definitely. With, with, what that does, I feel like it does two things. One, it kind of, again, says we only honestly care about a certain, you know, echelon of, of, of creator on our platform, uh, which fair enough to, to make money off of. And two, um, we want to to entice you to becoming part of that and, and to be getting that creator status. Um, you're basically going to have to pump content in day in and day out because that's the only way you can create that much content. That's the only way you can get those, those types of views, those, that type of viewership is if you pump out that much content is if you pump out content like consistently, consistently. Because no, I, it, think, you know, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, Simone, I, want, I really wanted to get hear from you mm-hmm. on this topic because yes, like you are this is your this is your day yeah this is i what feel you like do. Gen- <laughs> yeah, the consensus yeah. even before this has always been that to be successful on youtube you need to be putting out things regularly and generally right. that does mean daily like that has not yeah. changed Um, Where I kind of am feeling torn on this is that we we say small creators will be affected and we think the good faith creators who are like starting their makeup vlogging channel or any kind of vlogging like that's really terrible. YouTube is also completely inundated with these channels who are ripping off larger channels like ripping their videos re-uploading them trying to make money off of that um channels who are just pumping out garbage that is aimed at children like there's so much more garbage there and i feel like this is an effort on youtube's part to combat that um which will hopefully be effective again like the the people in the crossfire are of course this these small creator channels and i i'm not happy with that i don't necessarily disbelieve youtube when they say that the the channels being affected are making less than a hundred dollars per year i think that the stat is that 99 percent of the channels affected are making less than 100 per year it's going to make it harder for them uh, like to get a foothold in youtube's program anyway but that was kind of always the case yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair point. I guess, and, and apparently this is supposed to change. At first, what bothered me more about it, and, and, and it, they're not clear what the rules would be, is that for people who don't really care about monetizing, but are just maybe trying to start out and, and, and do something for fun, there were certain perks of being in the partner program that you didn't get as a regular YouTuber. For instance, um, the ability to do um, custom thumbnails and the ability to have uh, cards at the end with with subscribe mm-hmm. links and that sort of stuff. And like, that's basic stuff. But that was tied to the cre- to, to, to the YouTube partner program. Now they have said that if you are, are if you already have that, that will carry over in February when these new rules um, take effect. But it, it's not clear, you know, what that means for for new people starting out on those channels. And that's the only way I kind of get, you know, kind of like, all right, whatever. Like I, I'm with you. If, if you're making a hundred dollars a year off of it, that's not going to be life or death money for anyone. Um, and but 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 I think that just it does two things. I think um, 
it makes it harder for people to feel like they can even get started without significant mm-hmm. amount of money. And I do kind of question, to be totally honest, if this is going to do anything about the spam channel problem and, and, and the other crap. Because oh, instead, I, don't, I, feel, I, don't I don't think, think it will. Because so. instead, what yeah. I think it's going to do is it's just going to create um, a system where people figure out, okay, well, now how do I game to a thousand subs and how do I game the views? And mm, I don't know yeah. if that's going to necessarily create it's any better create content. gold farming for YouTube. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. If, 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 if they cared enough, and I don't know if they have enough manpower for this or whatnot, but I mean, the thing would be if you really wanted to kind of not let the, the bad channels make money off of this stuff, you would have a manual review of anybody who joins your program. This is the thing. Yeah. Like, there's... There's not enough manpower in the world to vet every video <laughs> that is uploaded to YouTube. Like, no, I'm not saying every video. No, I'm yeah, saying yeah, that I know. You want like, money. It, it starts with the this program, um, and it does. I think you're right. It does need to extend beyond that top five percent that they're looking at right now, and just spread that manpower out to the. Well, I'm not even the, saying look at every video. I'm saying if you want to be paid by us, and and I don't care if you're keeping this at you know like. Um, I, I really don't care if, if, if what you're putting the sub minimum at. You can keep it at a thousand dollars if that's what what makes make, makes things better. But but um, if I'm saying that if you want to be in, led into this partner program and and have YouTube actually be putting ads and selling things on your behalf, or you know where you're ostensibly making money or whatever, then I think YouTube needs to manually be looking at those channels before before they're saying, yep, okay, you're you're eligible for monetization. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If they really yeah, wanted to get rid do of the a sort problem, of channel of, review. Yeah. yeah. So before before we move on from this topic, so this is what I want to know from you. Like, you know, you're a professional person that puts out video content every day. Like, I'm looking through my YouTube subscriptions. Like, the people I watch religiously on there, it's it seems it's like a group of people that, like, find a hyper niche, right? And they really create content in that niche. Like, people that really understand fighting games, Corey Fighters, you know, Doug DeMuro, he reviews supercars all the time. Like, do you think there's a worry that you have professionals like you and the Polygon team out there that are putting out really fantastic, polished, thoughtful content and vloggers? Like, do you think that, like, if YouTube doesn't respond to, like, the Logan Paul problem, I mean, don't you think that's what people are going to think YouTube is? Like, just, ex- you know, essentially, like, dick and fart jokes? Like, oh, definitely. You know, yeah, views? like, I, I think I mean, that they have yeah. a major image problem, and they're in a very sweet spot right now because it is functionally, I mean, it is the go-to platform to put yeah. videos. I, we're, Vimeo exists, Daily Motion. No, nobody cares. You're not. You don't. You don't have communities there. Or at least you don't have communities the size of YouTube communities. I should no, specify. Not close. Um, and there's definitely like they have so much social power, but they are still seen as being very juvenile. Um, and with this move. E- I, I want, like I said, I want to believe that it's going to take care of some of the garbage channels. But what the small, these small creators are saying is, even if I don't, even if I don't make a hundred dollars on YouTube a year, I feel like YouTube isn't seeing me or acknowledging my channel's value and giving me a place to grow. Um, so it's it's definitely going to, I think, create a place where small creators feel less safe coming onto the platform to grow their, their channels and to produce things that might end up being good. 
And it does absolutely, like, let's be real. A lot of the stories that we publish about YouTube are about the crappy things that happen there. And Julia, uh, who is covering YouTube for us right now, she makes a huge effort to go out and find positive stories about YouTubers as well. But, like, right now, everything that's happening with YouTube is intensely negative uh and it has been since that whole creepy child video thing uh surfaced uh in last year so yeah i I think that they are going to have to come to a reckoning with their image and what they want to be considering how much power they have and how many especially young minds are consuming content on that platform and being shaped by that this episode of rocket is brought to you by squarespace (laughs) <laughs> where you can enter offer code ROCKET at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea, and that website can have a unique domain. It can use an award-winning template and more. Maybe it's that you're creating an online store. Maybe it's that you're creating a portfolio. Maybe you're creating a blog. Do all of it at once with Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that lets you do all of it at once. There's nothing to install. There are no patches to fret over. There's nothing to upgrade. Don't worry about it. Put it out of your mind. Squarespace Hmm. has you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name so that you can be special in the online space. All of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed that let you show off your wonderful ideas. I adore my Squarespace. I recently found a way to add <laughs> links to freaking blog posts so that they show up in like at this like beautiful gallery of thumbnails to previous blog posts and you can categorize like you can make them show up by tag or by category. And so I added like a beautiful like gallery of links to my latest blog posts and it is really nice and I keep going to look at it. Just, you know, remind myself that I did the good work here on Squarespace.com. I did do the good work on Squarespace.com. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to Squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, you use that offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for us here at ROCKET. And in that mean, in the meantime, you've gotten that trial with no credit card required, you've built your entire website. You've grown kind of attached to it. You think it's really pretty looking and functional because it is functional, like right out of the box. It's really cool. So you'll definitely want to use that offer code Rocket. Get that 10% off. Embrace your website from us here at Rocket and Squarespace. Thank you so much, Squarespace, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Oh my goodness. Thanks. You can embed bad YouTube videos on Squarespace. You can have a whole gallery of them. The worst <laughs> of the worst. You get all the clicks. Get those clicks. Click, click, click. <laughs> Nintendo I'm did so the coolest happy thing our today. Next topic. Yeah. Yes. This is awesome. This is absolutely wild. So Nintendo uh, was teasing oh, a God, very cool announcement today, and we were all like, what's that going to be? There were a lot of theories flying around. People thought, they bring a Mother 3 to the Switch. 
People thought it's something to do with Animal Crossing because someone who made Animal Crossing only ever retweets Nintendo stuff when it's Animal Crossing related. And they retweeted this teaser about an announcement. It's definitely going to be Animal Crossing. It was something entirely different <laughs> in, in the, most the most Nintendo, Nintendo thing ever. <laughs> exactly. So what they have this. announced it, are these packs of cardboard DIY experience interactive experiences for the nintendo switch basically building awesome things out of cardboard that you can put your joy cons or your switch into and it will you'll be able to interact with games via like literal toys that you make yourself out of cardboard it is so cool it's called nintendo labo yeah you have to uh, we have you have to watch the video because we, you can't us describing it doesn't this. do it justice. Yeah. It really doesn't. <sighs> like I mean, when I saw the, the the demonstration of the piano and they're pressing the keys and and music's coming out, I was like, oh my god, a literal working Especially piano. Especially when you know how it works, like oh, oh, I'm sorry, and I, I don't, don't know. So yeah. please, yeah, I don't. Oh, worry. it's yeah. a camera. It's a camera is built into that part of the Joy Cons. They actually built an optical mm-hmm. sensor. Right, that like measures the back of the uh, piano keys and how they're going up and down. But like, how does the oh. robot car? How does the car move around? That's what I don't understand. Like, you've got a remote control car. Is there an engine that you get with this kit? I don't understand this. The level of well, th- car, or sorry, of of what craft craft quality? That's the the word that I yes. was looking for there. Level of craft quality. Like you have say this working fishing rod with yes a, 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 a an attachment that you crank as one does with a real fishing rod that's definitely uh, fishers out there are gonna yeah, notice that, that i don't reminded, know how to use a fishing rod a, a real that real. immediately reminded me uh, that that immediately reminded me of the sega genesis uh fishing game um both seaman and the actual fishing game where, yep. where there was a sega genesis controller not genesis, yeah. sorry sega dreamcast i'm sorry i said genesis i meant to say dreamcast there was a sega dreamcast fishing game there was a seaman which uh was like a little thing and there was also like a a, a bass fishing game where you actually because i had one you could get a controller that looked like a fishing rod that had the whole movements and it that it had like not really motion things so that but you would like lift back and lift forward and like reel it in and it would actually have resistance when you had a bigger and bigger fish it was very cool anyway it reminded me of that can we talk Sega about the Pro robot backpack fishing. yes Yes. yes, this is the best. So this is the thing where I'm like, I think we we're literally contacting Nintendo to be like, what and how? <laughs> so in the video, it shows a kid wearing a backpack made of cardboard. Uh, there's a Joy-Con in the backpack, and he is holding attachments in his hands that are attached to the backpack via strings. And he punches in real life, and a robot in the video game that he's playing makes that same motion and they have a shot later in the video where you kind of see what's inside the backpack and there's like some moving parts in there it is i, I how does it work nintendo <laughs> tell me how i, I it don't works. know i don't know but i'm in love i love the whole thing i just the, it's such a cool creative idea especially for the it switch is. which has sold so well and which is already such a a cool creative console that kind of lets you lets you play games where you want to and treat space how it, it use space in the way that's most comfortable for you and this kind of like takes that to another level of interacting with a toy 
with things that you make with toys, more toys yes, that you make with, yourself. With more toys that you make yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's what's so yeah. cool is it brings this whole maker movement to play. It's so awesome. Um, it's so weird, but like in the best way that Nintendo used to be weird and, and wasn't for a while, this makes me so happy because this is genuinely, I think Nintendo is the only company who could pull this off. Oh, mm-hmm. by far. Okay, now it's time to criticize it. Tell me. <laughs> okay, yeah, please okay. do. Okay, this is this is my one concern about this. Uh, you know, what I found... And I never would have guessed this when I was a teenager, but like Christina, your your reaction, my reaction to the SNS classic, like this really shows how important archiving these experiences are, right? Totally. Like we have fierce, fierce, fierce memories for Mother Three, which I mother, uh, by the way, I want to talk to you about other Earthbound later. Yes. It's freaking yes, yes, amazing. Yes. It is the Game Boy Advance one. Yes, it's very good. If y'all can't tell, I'm tired today from all the speeches I've been giving. <laughs> right. I am also tired. No, no. This is what worries me about this, that it's hard enough. Like you can get an NES from 1985 and you can pick it up and like, it'll work if you fix the 72 pin connector. What I worry about is a kid that gets this today and loves it. Um, how is this going to stand the test of time? How are you going to recreate this experience 10 years from now? How are people even going to save this product that they've spent $79 on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, I, on one hand, like the criticism of Nintendo forever has been, uh, oh, they just introduced like crappy new peripherals. And it's true. Like I yeah. bought so many Wii things are in my basement. I nearly threw them away when I moved. And I keep every video game thing I've ever bought ever. You know, how is this going to like, I mean, are people going to like, plasticize it so it so it survives are they gonna eventually you know release special editions of it i i don't i mean know how this is gonna last i think the 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 logical conclusion of this is that someday we'll see these being not bought from nintendo but like so somebody's gonna figure out how to 3d print this entire kit yeah yeah, um, yeah. And I recreate that's what I would the cardboard parts Some, either with their own say, cardboard or with uh, a, a 3D printing template. Um, but like, yeah. it does make me wonder. Like the 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 sets, the base set is sixty nine ninety nine, and then the robot set is seventy nine ninety nine. That's not a s- small price. Uh, it, no, it's, I mean it's, it makes it's, sense it's considering how cool console. this is. But yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but then I, I guess I, I wonder. I mean, you with the variety kit, you get was it two RC? I'm looking at it right now. Two RC cars, a f- the fishing rod, the piano, the motorbike, a house, uh, which is very, very cool. But I, I mean, it does scale up. I think if you want to make more of those things, or if one of them breaks because they're made of cardboard. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that there. I think that you're spot on, Bray. That there is going to be a sustainability problem, although also a recycling benefit. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's true. And I would say this because I agree with you. And and although I I kind of agree with with uh, Simone, I think that what'll happen is that somebody will just kind of the same way that people have made you know third party you know Nintendo and Super Nintendo and other devices and controllers and stuff. In the future, somebody will just remake these sorts of things. Um, but also, I mean, sadly, there are certain accessories and stuff that we can't use today. Light guns are a perfect example. Uh, they yeah. don't work with with LCD TVs. So any of our light gun-based games 
are are they don't work right um and and those memories are gone um i would even say you know like rob you know the the robotic buddy that came with the original nintendo uh the mind sadly that i had as a child uh, i left him outside and he <gasps> rusted oh, i was no. like we worth so much money today i, oh, I know goodness. but I, I was like four anyway oh. you know it is what it is um but you know but things like that you know um those things are rare now too. And, and, and so I don't know. I feel like I, I'm with you in the whole preservation thing. I really get down on that, but I'm, I, I feel like this is the good news. This is at least cardboard. And we don't know if there's anything else with it. So it seems like it could be recreated relatively mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. Hopefully. It's all pretty easy. It's like, I'm looking at it right now. It's like there are strings, uh, there are eyelets, uh, and there's cardboard. So <laughs> it's so cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, I love no, it. It's so I, I love it so much. That's what I love about it, right? Like it reminds me of being a kid and building stuff with blocks, like actually physically building things. Yeah. And I think that in this age where everything is digital and where kids, obviously kids play and love Legos, but like Minecraft is the big thing. I kind of love this throwback where you have already this different type of console that lives in a different space that like you said, Simone, is, is weird and unique. Um, being able to be even more weird and unique and that you have to build stuff for it. Like I would love to be a kid or I would love to buy stuff for this for a kid, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just hope Nintendo doesn't just be one and done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like Disney Infinity, I thought was so cool and loved them. And I still have a million of those figures around my apartment. And then Disney just dropped that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and like I don't want that sort of thing to I, I hope that they'll continue to do more things like this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's just it's so creative like you said and and daring and uh, totally unexpected yeah which is i think why people are having this initial reaction of delight because it's like oh it's not just a a classic game that you know a bunch of adults loved when they were kids it's something for kids right now that came out of nowhere and just kind of like kids in the ad which which if now somebody correct me if i'm wrong but is the first time i can really recall kids being seen in a switch ad because all the most of the switch imagery certainly everything when it first came out was all adults playing it there were some Um, kids in the mario kart commercial and I, i think there were scenes with kids in various ones but they always were accompanied by scenes with adults as well right whereas this this was like a three minute like ad thing where it was a kid playing with yeah this. and i really liked that even though i was like i want to play with it too. <laughs> yeah you know i i like i like that at least our time will come christina exactly <laughs> well, we, will, we will always be children is is forever teens is is, is forever is how, teens is how, I, yes i, I want to make that the title but i feel like it's already been the title of our show once this episode of rocket is brought to you by pdf pen from smile <gasps> Which equips Yay. you with everything that you need for more powerful PDF editing. It's the ultimate tool for editing PDFs and going paperless. You, too, can start the new year right and get all your documents in order. I, Speaking as a person who had to get like literal physical documents sort through literal physical documents at the start of the new year as part of my like cleaning initiative, think about never having to do that. <laughs> consider never making a semicircle of garbage on your living room floor so that you can remember where the heck that document came from with pdf pen you can split and combine pdf documents to send just the right things to the people who need them you can fill in pdf forms whether they're interactive or not you can add things like page numbers you can redact account numbers you can even perform ocr on scanned documents 
And if you're looking for something in the document in particular, you can find and highlight all instances of a specific term. It gives you all the power to just deal with your PDFs, get what you want out of them. And even if there's something like a typo that you need to correct, you can use PDF Pen to sort it out, (laughs) eliminate it, which is great because you don't have to create an entirely new PDF to fix a simple error. You can just do it. Do it with PDF Pen. Do it. And the new PDF Pen 3 is tailor-made for iOS 11, so you can get all the great benefits of PDF Pen right on your iPhone or your iPad. Awesome. Think about all those documents that you can have complete control over. How does it feel to have complete control, Christina Warren? I could be the PDF Lord. I could be the PDF Lord. The PDF Lord could be your new title. You already have a lot of great <laughs> titles. Yeah. Do you want to like that? PDF Lord I, from I, now Brianna, on? the PDF Lord. PDF I like it. Lord. Yeah. well if you're thinking of trying pdf pen now is the time for you to do that uh well they've just added over 100 enhancements with the release of pdf pen 9 it's time for you to get organized don't be in a semicircle of garbage be in a beautiful field of editable pdfs you can go to smilesoftware.com slash rocket to see what pdf pen can do for you Again, that is smilesoftware.com slash rocket to see what PDF Pen can do for you. Thank you so much, PDF Pen, from Smile for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. All right. So we're kind of reversing things this week because we we had our dessert in the middle and our dessert was Nintendo Labo, which was a thrilling topic that was just <laughs> really fun in every way. Uh, and now we are going to talk about something both technical and political and that is the senate's uh vote to extend uh an aspect of the the nsa nsa surveillance on united states citizens which i'm going to hand over to brie to kind of contextualize for us sure i mean look this is at its core this is very very simple right you had Chelsea Manning, and you also had Edward Snowden that um, you basically put a lot on the line to kind of let us know what our government was doing. Let's let's just focus on Edward Snowden, actually. You know, he he brought to light the excesses of um, you know basically FISA warrants and warrantless wiretapping of Americans, and you know basically uh, you know the CIA uh, looking into basically anyone they wanted, including Americans. He put it all on the line to like wake us up to this and let us know what was going on. And to the great shame of our country, Republicans and Democrats, that's really, really important. And Democrats uh, basically authorized this. And they said, you know what? More warrantless wiretapping of Americans. We are absolutely fine with this. And they voted that bill through. And I haven't followed the Senate today because I've been out giving speeches. But um, what what did it go through the Senate today, or am I missing that? I, no, I it think did. it's it did go through the Senate. So this is one hundred percent done deal, deal now. Yeah, Feinstein. Uh, we they, we thought that she was going to vote uh, against it, and she ended up. Oh voting God! So she was, there it she is. Was one of, she, yeah, she was yeah. one of seventeen. Um, uh, this is the headline from. 
the um, L.A. Times uh, oh. after calling for, for after calling for surveillance reform. Democrats help kill it yeah. is the L.A. Times headline. Yeah. Um, and and, and that, that, that's pretty accurate. And I'm just going to read yeah. uh, a little bit of it. It says, um, after years of tangling with Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat California, civil liberties activists seem to have her on board with their fight to curtail vast warrantless surveillance programs exposed by former NSA contractor Edward Snowden. They were optimistic Tuesday when she headed into a major vote over whether to impose new restrictions of the government monitoring. But after a spirited nail-biter on a, a, of a floor fight, Feinstein broke with privacy advocates from the right and left to cast a crucial vote in favor of leaving the program largely unchanged for the next six years. Why? So, so I had a talk with the EFF this week to you know, kind of get some background on what was really at stake with this bill, because I'm an engineer, I'm not a lawyer. Right. And I have to tell you, this... I was angry about this before. I'm really angry now, you guys. So, uh, Simone, your mother is French, correct? Uh, no, she's American. We just lived there okay. for a couple of years. Okay, so but you have some relative that's French. Let's say yes. your aunt, okay? Uh, let's say I'm uh, sending, uh, I'm talking to your aunt on Facebook Messenger, and I say, hey, do you want to play Counter-Strike with me? And she's like, Counter-Strike, what's that? <laughs> I say, it's a game where you have, um, you know, basically you have uh, terrorists and counter-terrorists, and we're playing against each other. That alone would be enough for them to basically um, go through and subpoena every email that I've done if they are spying on your aunt. Basically get all of that information out there. It's called an about search it's a ridiculously wide net. The actual, you know, the, we can't see all the the doings of the specialized courts that look out over issues like FISA, but you know, we do see a little bit of it. And they are unhappy with the outcome of FISA. And what gets me really mad, y'all, and I'm sorry to get political here, I expect the Republicans not to care. I expect them not to give a damn. Um it really disgusts me when my own party will be out there and, you know, we'll get in front of the TV cameras and we'll give angry speeches about George Bush, uh, you know, warrantless wiretapping, mm-hmm. you know, his actions at AT&T. We'll, we'll say what we have to say. And then when my own party is part of this, it just, it really turns my stomach. And yeah. I think I've never seen a better a more clear example of why in the Democratic Party, it's not enough to say, well, we're better than the Republicans. You know, we need people there. They're really going to stand on principles across parties. Like this is not a, a one party doesn't have a monopoly. on this. Uh, No, and, and they never have. I mean, I think it's important to point out that, you know, President Obama was for yep. wiretaps. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was, yep. he, you know, I mean, and it's Rand I, I, Paul I, I, who was obviously because he's a libertarian, but, like, but he was against this. Yeah, yeah. he's standing up yeah. against it. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and 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 make a correction. Um, this has not officially finalized. This went through the Senate. They have to do a final vote, but at this okay. point, it's, it's expected to pass. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a matter of procedure at this point because they they didn't reach that. They 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 met the sixty votes threshold, which which uh, which they, <sighs> they needed to do. And um, but yeah, the Republicans who broke party ranks to oppose Mr. McConnell's efforts to move the bill forward without amendments included. And this is scary, right? It was Rand Paul, right? Ted Cruz of Texas, Stephen Daines of Montana, Corey Gardner of Colorado, Dean Heller of Nevada, Mike Lee of Utah, Jerry Morin of Kansas, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. So Ted Cruz and Rand Paul were against this. 
Um, now, Ted Cruz might not have felt like it went far enough. I'm not really sure what his rationale was. Whereas, you Rand know, there Paul were- Rand Paul is awesome on this issue, Christina. Oh, yeah. Rand Paul, definitely. I'm saying I don't know about Ted Cruz. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas 18 Democrats, you know, including Bob Casey and and uh, the aforementioned Diane Feinstein, um, you know, uh, and uh, and uh, the our, our our new Alabama Senator Doug Jones, um, you know, were 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 for it. So um, and 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 Claire McCaskill. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it. This is one of those, and we talked about this during Apple FBI. This is it's very I think important to note that these are these are things that are not a party lines mm-hmm. uh, debate because because people don't respect our liberties on both sides. But I do understand your frustration, Bree, especially as someone who's running for a seat in, in Congress. In the Democratic Party. In the Democratic right, Party, yeah. exactly. And, and saying, you know, that we're ostensibly supposed to be more progressive, more open to these things, that we have plenty of politicians who that's not how they feel. And um, uh, that's really distressing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Privacy. It's a universal thing that everyone kind of wants. And everyone in this country probably deserves to not have their emails all read because... They're, the they're trying to play Counter-Strike with your aunt, Simone. Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, well, I mean, and, 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 I've, and, and my I, aunt loves and Counter-Strike. Argued, yeah. I've never heard of it. And I've argued this before. Um, it, to me, I mean, part of it is that is 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 a natural distrust of of the government, and and and, and fundamentally, for me, not not even so much a distrust, but just a fundamental belief that, that they shouldn't have this level of oversight, right? Like that that's part of my my feeling on this. But another part of my feeling on this, if I'm being totally honest, I, I've argued about this before again during the Apple FBI thing, is I don't have any confidence in the government's competency exactly in keeping this information secure the way that it needs to. Like, so if you're going to disrespect you my privacy and my autonomy. Please at least do it safely. Right. But I have absolutely no no um, belief that they will and that they are in any way confident at keeping the data secure. So at that point, I'm like, okay, so you're just opening me up to other forms of, of potential attacks. I mean, when – I mean, the Equifax thing it is it's kind of the perfect example. I realize that's not a government agency, but that's something that – that's a contractor that the government has explicitly trusted for a core part of many, many things. I mean, but if we look at the number of times that the government has leaked stuff because of their poor security practices, when we look at these sort of privacy provisions, how can I trust that anything they say about surveillance will actually stay the way that they claim it will stay, that it will stay protected the way that they claim? Like, I, I have no, there's there's no reason for me to believe that. And and the government has given me no reason to believe that they're confident in, in, in doing that in any way. So on top of my fundamental, personal, again, not just from this political kind of belief that, that this is a, an overreach, um, I don't even if, if you were to accept that that, that, that uh, as part of a functioning society, we needed to let law enforcement and, and the government have access to these things. I don't have the faith that that they will be the only ones who have access to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I don't either. They've proven they can you know keep it straight. So, I I guess I would say this. You know, one of the the arguments I've heard, and and I don't believe this, but I just want to put it out there. One of the arguments on the other side is, you know, the people making this decision, they have access to, like, information about what terrorists are supposedly trying to do to the United States. They have access to intelligence briefings that the public doesn't, and maybe that that sways their opinion one way or the other. I, you know, my belief there is that, like, if it's really that dire I think they should find a way to declassify it in a way that doesn't expose like active operations and make that case to the public, like prove to us why this is necessary. Mm -hmm. It seems like the fourth amendment is very unambiguous on this subject. 
it's bad enough that like we don't give a tinker's damn about you know Germany or France or China or any other country, and we'll just spy on them with abandon. That's bad enough. But when you're applying that back home, like Snowden has really like shown some really big examples of overreach where they're going through people's like Facebook messages. They're finding things, they're socially manipulating them. They're tricking them into doing things that are against their best interests. Like this isn't the country that I want to live in. And Christina, please promise me if like I win my race for Congress and I start voting for this nonsense, you are authorized to drive to my house and slap some sense into me. <laughs> Fantastic. Because, Fantastic. Because I will. Because I will. Because yeah, I need I, that. I don't yeah. understand what happens to people that they do this. I, well, I, I, mean, uh, I, I, I don't. I mean, I, th- I, th- I think, though, you probably put a little bit of a nail on it in that I think, and, and this is just me reaching here, and, and I have no proof of this because I've obviously never held uh, elected office, but I do think that you probably, and I have, I, I, I want to give Diane Feinstein, who's always been hawkish on this stuff, always some benefit of the doubt just because she does sit on on the intelligence committees, is that I have to think that you have people who, might not know, especially don't have the technical acumen that someone like, say, you does, Bree, um, who hear a lot of things and they're kind of unloaded when they when they join Congress or they join the Senate and they are um, join the House, join the Senate, and, and they're kind of inundated with a lot of information that the public doesn't have access to. And it sounds really scary. And you kind of learn about all the different threats. And you're thinking, oh, my God. We're we're literally one step away from from more breaking out or for something terrible happening. We have to do everything we can to stop a terror attack, um, and and that might lead them to voting for provisions that don't necessarily do anything. Um, I mean, you know, I, I think for me, I, it wouldn't change my fundamental position, but I would be more ready to have the argument if we'd ever had proof that these um, tools had helped thwart. Yeah. terrorist attacks and prevent a terrorist attack and maybe that's happened but if that has happened then that needs to be shared with the public um well, and- there was an example of someone trying to smuggle a uh, fissionable material at the tail end of the bush administration down through canada if i remember correctly and it was an intelligence operation mm-hmm. that caught that but you know i think you're right i think well, the no, larger case has not but, been made but, sure but there, but there are lots of intelligence agents uh, that, that, that can do that i mean the cia kind of operates outside of a lot of these bounds right like sure. there, there are there are a lot of operations that that could have done those things. I'm saying if you could prove that the FISA court, that these sorts of surveillance amendments had led to thwarting of an attack, then I think it would be a different conversation. I fundamentally, I still don't think that I would agree with it, but I think that you could have a much more, um, you know, like a rational discussion about it. And instead, you know, I mean, what it's, what's happened is that, I mean, for instance, I mean, the, not not to again not trying to make this political but i mean it was the bush administration that was ignoring the the the, the memos and and the documents about 911 mm-hmm. they had that access to that information and they ignored it so they they didn't they they didn't classify it in their minds as being important enough and and didn't pay enough attention so I, I, I'm not convinced that I, it, again, though, it just, it'd be one thing if we had proof that this actually did anything to thwart anything, but, but, and maybe there is, but we don't, as, as you said, we don't have that information. So declassify some of that and share. Mm-hmm. These were attacks that prevent, were prevented because otherwise um, it, it, it feels like it's okay. We're trying to stop something terrible from happening, but we don't have any proof that this even works. And at the same time, we are now dangerously overstepping into the civil liberties of our citizens and blatantly stomping all over the fourth amendment. There's a very warranted lack of trust 
between the government and and citizens reasonably so because they keep messing up and there's not a lot like like you said christina with amendments like this to show that there's a reason for it even if there is they have a really good reason like the trust is not earned to say that oh sure go ahead and potentially endanger people's information and privacy I, I do think there are there are solutions to this. And the most striking part about this bill is it makes it even worse than it was in the mm-hmm. Edward Snowden era. But, you know, there are ways I could see to show respect to public confidence here. You could fix the FISA court. You could have their decisions, like, looked over by judges. Like, um, you could have consequences for, like, false reports that come through. You could have auditing, and you could do it in a way that wouldn't endanger active intelligence operations. But the truth is, this whole operation is so secret from the public eye. I was talking to the EFF. It's so hard to get information about anything that's going on here that we just don't know. And we just can't. I, I personally do not trust the level of oversight at all. And I think it's utterly reasonable for the public to draw that same conclusion. Mm-hmm. Well, what <laughs> else are you up ending. to this yeah. week, Bree? <laughs> besides uh, continuing to give blistering speeches. So, you know, I am trying a new way to interview uh, staff uh, for my campaign. Uh, We're having a dinner party here tomorrow night at my home. I've got some people that I'm thinking about hiring. And, you know, like the job, the job, like standard job thing where you come with your resume and you're like, whoa, what do you do? Tell me about your experience. Like working a campaign is so different that uh, I'm bringing some people we're thinking about working with over to our house. And we're going to sit down and talk about how to fix all these problems we were just talking Yay. about. So, oh, that's so that's, good. Just it's not cool political that's conversation, great. but like over dinner where well, people are more relaxed. Things, like that no, makes so just, much sense. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things, um, like all the just talking really frankly, all the white people in my district are convinced that it's impossible to win. But the thing is, uh, people of color in my district have been a really growing population here. It's 30% of District 8. So what we're doing is it's like, look, we're not going to win this thing if we don't get people of color on board. So you know, we are really wanting to reach out to those communities. So that's a lot of what this week is about. It's like, how can I... How can, you know, I'm married to a person of color, but I'm not one. So how can we, you know, obviously bring staff on that understands those communities. You make sure your, your message is resonating. So that's a lot of what I'm up to this week. That and video cover letters just saying, great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Not kidding. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Christina, what are you up to? So, uh, recovering, um, and, uh, continuing to do videos. It's, it's hard. Okay. So I, I I write a weekly show, kind of a a news rundown of all the latest developer news happening around Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of hard to do that when you only have one working hand. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, yeah, just doing some work stuff and, and, uh, shooting videos, uh, and writing scripts with one hand. 
Yeah, oh gosh, poor Christina. <laughs> I looked for a long time on Amazon for a robot hand to get you, and I could no, not find yeah, one. I, I could I, not I, find one. I was considering, and then the website wasn't was being weird, and 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 uh, they like de- denied my credit card, and then I approved the purchase, and then it wouldn't go through again, and I was like, screw it. But there is some company they they make this thing. It's like a a one handed keyboard, and it's. The learning curve would be steep, right? Yeah. But the idea is that it's kind of like a chord keyboard where it, it doesn't have as many keys as a regular keyboard. But if you use the right number of combinations, then you can actually have like over 100 different buttons and have it do anything and make it really nerdy. So I'm thinking about buying one of those to see if I can be more productive. Because that's this is the part that's killing me, you guys. Like, I'm such a fast typer. And... I don't have the, I have small hands and I don't have like the, 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 the bread, the, the hand span. The spread. I, exactly. <laughs> to, to, to like, to do my shortcuts and do all that stuff. Like I've gotten to the point now I'm very fast on the iPhone with one hand, with my left hand, but it, it's hard on a laptop. And, um, you know, when you're writing a, a, a script, especially full of technical terms, Siri and, and voice recognition only goes so far. Mm-hmm. And then you have to make a million corrections. So, and then not to mention putting together a deck of graphics to, to go in the background, like that it's a whole thing. So also anyway. the bachelor's on right now. So <laughs> it it has to be very hard for you. Christina. It is the bachelor's on. Um, so I can't tweet. Well, also I'm, I'm three hours behind everyone. Um, but you know what? He's so boring. I so don't care. I'm going to try to set up, you know what I'm going to try to do? I'm going to try to set up an open, an open VPN setup. Um, and, uh, and watch The Bachelor at 5 p.m. instead of, uh, 8 p.m. uh, next week and see if I can, if I can make that work. Did you um, see that, um, blend of all the woman contestants on The Bachelor? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So They're all blonde. They all look the same. Good. Yeah. He definitely has, yeah, yeah, no, they all, he definitely I, has I a type. I have to say, though, I, I, I thought that was a little bit off just because, like, I can tell all this women apart and you just because someone's blonde, it doesn't mean, all blondes look the same. I don't know. No, they don't all look the same. It's just as clearly at a type. And and yeah. it was kind of a playoff of a Nick who was the bachelor last year. They showed the women like the 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 first woman he was sec he was second place for Andy Dorf. And then they showed um uh, Caitlin who he was um second place for and then the girl he ultimately chose who he's now broken up with. And they were all these brunettes, they like looked the same. Now apparently gossip time, Nick is dating January Jones and I'm sorry. I'm here for it. Yep. I, I, I love it. I love every aspect of it. He follows me on Twitter. Not that he knows who I am. He just followed me back at one point. Uh, but be, this is before he was the bachelor. He, he, he would, he has no idea who I am, does not care, but, but that's just my claim to fame. But, but I, I enjoy like the idea of Nick Vial and January Jones. I, I quite enjoy that pairing if I'm being totally honest. I'm intrigued. I would read more, <laughs> would read more, would read the page six article on, that I'm about on to click on. She went on one of the talk shows before they got together, and that's apparently why he reached out to her. And she talked about how she was a super fan and how she didn't know. He's like, he's either he's he's he seems like he's he could be like a complete jerk. And I'm kind of attracted to that. <laughs> that's so honest and beautiful. <laughs> right? And I was like, I was like, word, word, January. Get it, word. January. God, God, she's so gorgeous. Yeah, she is so hot. This is so ridiculous. Unfair. And she's funny too. On uh, on last man's uh, last man on earth, she's actually very funny. Oh yeah. I can't believe Kevin Bacon told her to give up acting. I can't <laughs> believe that. That is the meanest. Before she was on Mad Men, Kevin Bacon, like Kevin Bacon is Bacon fired now. Her. Yeah, I'm canceling yeah, him. I was going to say Ke- Ke- no, but Kira can stay. Kira Bacon. No, Kira Sedgwick, his wife. Oh, Kira Sedgwick. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah, no, no. She 
she's totally independent of him. I will let her stay. Uh, <laughs> maybe he Simone, can find redemption. What am I doing this week? Uh, good question, Simone. What are we doing this week? <laughs> uh, we are just you had talking a- to yourself in third person? Yeah, we are. Uh, oh, we just had another oh. video producer start at Polygon, uh, Jenna Steber. So I am no longer the only woman video producer, which is very cool. Um, That's fantastic. So yeah, we're doing a lot of thinking and planning this week because we're kind of in a, a mid-season lull as it were right now with some of our programs uh but we did just launch our board game show uh which is called overboard uh so our first video is us playing mountains of madness which is a freaking ridiculous and very very enjoyable game uh so there is literally an hour-long video of us playing that on polygon's youtube channel uh so you can enjoy that um yeah so that and so we're doing some more work i just shot another episode of that today and we're doing some more work on that this week yeah awesome videos love to make videos well brianna where can i find you online you can find me on space cat gal on twitter heck yeah christina what about you uh, you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, um, et ceteras. Oh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel so I can oh, yeah, try to that. get. Tell me that. Up to a thousand subs. Uh, it's, yeah. it's film. It's film girl one word uh, because YouTube what? wouldn't let me use it. Well, this was 2004 <laughs> or whenever they started. So anyway, it, it's yeah. So yeah, subscribe to my YouTube channel um, that hasn't been updated in forever. I'm going to try to put some of my channel nine videos there too. You can also uh, see my work that I do at, uh, at my day job at channel nine.msdn.com. And also channel nine has a, a YouTube page. But we're still kind of figuring out what we want our custom URL to be. So yes. how long has it been again, Christina? What year was it you last uploaded a video? Uh, probably three or four years. I don't even know. Three or four years. Yeah. It's probably like, I feel so great about the direction of this country. This is all going so well. Oh. So. Exactly. Like everything's <laughs> awesome. And it's like, oh, oh right. Oh. And you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and my videos at youtube.com slash polygon. Uh, and of course, you, if you care to, should review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about it so they can get on the rocket train. Sounds like it's something that doesn't exist, Simone. You're saying a rocket train? <laughs> no, a rocket is a vehicle in its own right. I'm here to tell you that it is a train. And I will not explain how until everyone reviews the show on Apple Podcasts. So uh, get to work on that, folks. And then maybe you'll hear more about my stunning new technology, the rocket train coming soon to a, a definitely a road near you. Now you know one thing about how it works. You know where it goes. It goes on the road. Review the show. Thanks so much. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.